What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Tomatolito Show. And uh, let's do a quick recap. Just this past weekend, we saw Saul Canelo Alvarez run through, demolish Avni Yodrim, um, the new and improved Avni Yodrim. Turned out to be the same old Avni Yodrim we've we've seen in the past a little bit that we knew about Avni Yodrim. Uh, the research, of course, I, I had to resort to doing a little research. I'm sure you guys as the listeners, uh, you guys on your end, ended up trying to do some research as well. And going straight to the internet, going straight to the web, to YouTube, seeing what, what we could find on Avni Yodrim. You saw some training videos out there. Uh, his last two matchups, or at least the most notable of his matchups versus... Um, versus Eubanks Jr., uh, the other one against Anthony Durrell, uh, both which were the most notable names on his resume, and both were his losses to date. Now he has a loss to Saul Canelo Alvarez. This was the new and improved Avni Yodrim with a new team, uh, new trainer in, in Joel Diaz. Uh, he was a good boxer in his own right and a hell of a trainer. A hell of a trainer. And if you heard what he was telling Avni Yodrim in the corner, telling him to respond, telling him he's going to stop the fight if he doesn't do something, if he doesn't defend himself. All he did was defend himself. Mr. Robot stepped into the ring and became Mr. Punching Bag. He had nothing for Canelo, uh, didn't make the attempt, didn't go out on his shield. Uh, instead, he retired on the stool in the, in the corner, ended up throwing in the towel, waving off the fight um, after three rounds of action. Jay Balvin, his performance, his intro, his walkout entrance that he did for Canelo Alvarez was longer than what the actual fight time was. We had three three-minute rounds with one-minute intervals, 12 minutes in total. The introduction, I think, was even longer, uh, took longer than what the fight took. Michael Buffard always does those lengthy introductions. Um, legendary, legendary announcer. Um, Abney Yodrum, non-existent. I... And, and and if you listen to the preview show, I ended up mentioning that this was a win-win situation for him. I didn't see any downside to Avni Yodrim um, in regards to this fight. This was the biggest name to date that he would have on his resume. If a loss was looming over his head, over his shoulders, then at least go out on your shield. At least go out on your shield, James Kirkland style. When he faced Canelo, Liam Smith, even Callum Smith, who just stood there, tried and trying to figure out angles, trying to box, trying to bob and weave, but was just getting bested. The pedigree level of Canelo continues to get better. And Avni Yodrim had a puncher's chance, a fighter's chance, just the mere fact that he's a professional fighter and had the opportunity to step in that ring. There's been big upsets in boxing. Big upsets in the history of, of the sport that have taken place throughout the years. So you can't put it past anybody because they're the ones with the courage stepping through those ropes, going in there, all the training, all the hard work, the waking up early, um, the, the training fees, the gym fees, uh, all the cost that's involved, the travel, being away from the family, all this for you to not even give yourself a fair shake at it. If it was just a matter of collecting the paycheck, he was successful. But I put it on the preview show. Those of you that, that listened to that show, to me, this was a win-win situation for Abney Yodrim. There was no way that he could do anything to mess this up other than not making weight and not seeing the fight through. Or 
falling ill last minute and then the fight being canceled last minute. All he had to do was just show up. And it didn't happen. I mean, he showed up, he stepped into the ring, but this was the opportunity of a lifetime to be able to let the world know who this Turkish fighter is, who's representing Turkey in the 168-pound division, and this is someone that people need to know about, even if he lost. But people need to recognize that Turkey is providing good products as far as boxing is concerned, and he did not represent his country, he did not represent himself well. Uh, this was his opportunity to where if he would have gone out on the shield, you bet, you bet if he would have pushed back on Canelo and just gone at him a little bit, uh, executed some of the plan that I'm sure Joel Diaz wanted him to execute that never came to fruition, if he would have just pushed back a little bit, you bet that they'd be lining him up against the other fighters in the 168 division, even if they use him as a gatekeeper for those up-and-coming David Morels or Edgar Berlangas, or even if they throw him against a David Benavides down the line, if they throw him in a rematch against Anthony Durrell, now that this guy has the experience of being in the ring with Saul Canelo Alvarez. Give me that rematch. I want to get that one back against Durrell. Whatever. His stock had no way that it could take a hit if all if if he just performed. And he didn't. And he found the one way that he could affect his stock, his name, and his sellability, I guess. Marketability. Because uh, I don't think sellability is a word, but marketability. Uh, he affected it. So he cashed in. This is definitely the biggest payday of, of his career and quite possibly one of the last because where does he go from here? He's going to become a journeyman fighter. Uh, he, he had all, he had everything to gain. And it's not that he came up short because we kind of knew that there was levels to this game and that Canelo was going to come away with the win. It was just how was he going to go about it? It could have played out in a multitude of different ways, in a, in a variety of different ways. And this is how it played out. And I'm sure he's beating himself over it. Um, then again, to the credit of Canelo, he's just well-versed, well-rounded. He offers uh, a multitude of different looks. And he seems to have the answer for just about any different approach or style Uh Stepping across the ring from him at this moment, he seems to be at the highest point in his career. We saw it in December, and here he is, steady. One of the things that separates Canelo Alvarez at the moment from all the other people claiming that they're running the division, like the Caleb Plants, like Benavides, like anybody else who's talking right now, BJ Saunders, uh, who is next up for Canelo. What separates Canelo is that he doesn't, that he, that he doesn't let his foot, he doesn't take the foot off the gas. He shows up for everybody. And something that we've seen in the past over and over and over again, and to the admittance of several boxers, uh, throughout the years where they just couldn't get up for a certain opponent. They just couldn't train hard enough. They couldn't find the motivation. They couldn't just get hyped up about the fight because they were fighting a lesser name. Um, not a not a big payday or a big paycheck, but it was just another another uh, opponent. And these guys are used to making the money, or they reach a certain level of uh, of marketability. They reach a certain level of money, of stature within the division and the sport of boxing. And then to fight a name that's unknown, it's hard for them to train and get up for them. Uh, 
this is not what Canelo is going through. And it happened to Caleb Plant because he, and this is the message that Canelo just sent to everybody is that he is the man at 168. This is what Caleb Plant needed to do to Caleb Truex a few weeks back. Get rid of him. This is your mandatory. Get rid of him, make a statement, and let everybody know I'm the top dog in this division and I'm coming for you, Canelo. Instead, he has a one-sided performance, which was a lackluster performance at that. He takes it all the way to decision. Caleb Truex actually landed some punches on Caleb Plant. And you end up coming away with a few more questions and answers in that fight because does Caleb Plant actually have pop when somebody's pushing back at him? Does he have pop sometimes but not others? Who does he... I mean... a lot, a lot to question, a lot to wonder as far as Caleb Plant is concerned. Is he talented? Absolutely. Is he fast? Absolutely. But what are we doing? When he's supposed to send the message, he doesn't. Canelo's supposed to send the message. He's not even supposed to send the message. He's the cash cow. He's the big draw. He could have lackluster performances and people still want to fight him because he's the draw. Yet, He shows up like a true professional, name or no name. I don't care who's stepping across the ring. He's going to go at him. He's training. He's doing his work and he's doing extra work. He's doing his homework. He's doing his research and he's putting in that work for anybody and everybody. And it shows there's levels to this game and those fighters in recent memory, like Danny Jacobs, when he fought Gabe Rosado, he said, there's levels to this game and Gabe Rosado is going to find out. And then it ends up being a closer fight than anticipated it ends up being a tougher fight for Danny Jacobs and you couldn't really tell if there was levels in that that night in the ring yes there is levels and Canelo just showed it now BJ Saunders is next this should be the toughest opponent for Canelo in that division and the only other one that I see uh should he get past BJ Saunders which I believe he will um I think BJ Saunders poses a lot of threats as we get closer, we'll find out more. We'll do more research. We'll see. We'll start breaking the fight down and so forth. But I think BJ Saunders poses a lot of threats as far as speed, as far as angles, as far as the style of fighting. He has a weird style of fighting, uh, an in and out type uh, style, kind of like a Sergio Martinez. Um, if you recall that style of fighting, he has a he has an odd style, an odd approach, which is it, it works for him. It works for him, and he affects it very, very well. So I think those problems, that that those type of looks are going to give Canelo a, a little bit of headache uh, come fight time. But I think Canelo will be able to solve that puzzle as well and move on. Uh, the one dog that I see, the live dog that I see in the 168 division at the moment, which people are overlooking, I think is David Benavides. Benavides, the height, the strength, similar to Callum Smith, I think Benavides would be possibly the toughest test out there for Canelo at the moment. He's a, he's a hungry, aggressive, um, in-your-face type fighter, uh, brawler more so. I think he would be the one that people are overlooking. People are looking too much at Caleb Plant. They're looking at BJ Saunders, obviously, because he's the upcoming opponent. And that's it. I think Benavides poses a lot of problems for Canelo. And you may very well see that fight come September, if it's not Caleb Plant, then we'll probably see a big September Mexican weekend showdown against David Benavides. Uh, Benavides being out of Phoenix, Arizona, Hispanic as well. Um, it, that would be that would be a huge showdown as well, right? Especially who knows what's going to happen with Caleb Plant now, Heyman, and how that whole thing plays out with promotional, promotional contracts, right? Um, nonetheless, 
Canelo Álvarez does his job, performs beautifully uh, in a matter of weeks, removed from his last uh, victory, huge victory over Callum Smith in December, uh, and he moves on. They even had the the promotional video pre-shot already, and as soon as he beat uh, Yodrum, they air it. They put it out in the arena. The other positive thing about what happened, Miami, Hard Rock Stadium, 15,000 people out of the maximum amount of crowd that they allowed that night, 15,000 uh, tickets were made available, 15,000 th- tickets sold, sold out capacity. Um, and to imagine that we're slowly starting to get there, Texas uh, starting to open up, um, and they've been having some attendances already. We saw it dating back to Davis and Santa Cruz last year. They're starting to have people there, and now it's bigger and bigger crowds. And I believe the state uh, is talking about going full open right now uh, during this uh semi-post-COVID era that we're living. Texas seems like they're going to be opening up statewide, and so we'll start seeing bigger crowds. So that's something that's something special that's coming down, right? Uh, Miami, 15,000 people. Canelo, 15,000 tickets available, 15,000 tickets sold. He proves that he's the biggest draw in any weight class right now and, uh, and in boxing altogether, along with Anthony Joshua, right, and Tyson Fury. So what else happened that weekend? Uh, a card that people didn't really hear about, or maybe you hardcore fans did hear about, but didn't get a lot of notoriety, is that Anthony Durrell made his comeback and talked quite a bit during the week. Um, he said he was going to knock out his uh, his opponent. And he faced a game, Kyron Davis, 15-2 and two going into this fight, Kyron Davis. And... Uh, and the guy was not intimidated. I didn't know who Kyron Davis was, uh, but he, the little bit of research that I did, he's, he's a good pedigree boxer, not to the level of Anthony Durrell up to Saturday night, but he had fast hands, good combinations, comes forward, pretty good defense, and not afraid to engage, not afraid to engage and not afraid to, to fight inside the pocket. And this is what happened. He went at Anthony Durrell and in the end, Anthony Durrell and the big statement, the big knockout victory, the big staple that he was going to have on his, on his resume that he was back and the big message he was going to send the whole 168 division, letting everybody know that he was back and he was coming back for his title and he's coming back for Benavides and all this that we heard. Uh, he ends up with a uh, split draw and... If anybody was the winner that night, it was Kyron Davis, because I, I want to see more of him. It was impressive that with the 15-2 record, he did not shy away from Anthony Durrell, and Anthony Durrell coming with a 33-2 and record. So, I mean, he had more than double the amount of wins uh, than Kyron Davis did. Kyron Davis didn't back out from the challenge. He went at him, and Anthony Durrell uh, just gave another one of his performances you know he was gone since 2019 and his last opponent was none other than Avni Yodrum so go figure uh I don't know I don't know there's levels to this game and Anthony Durrell talked Anthony Durrell did not deliver Kyron Davis is the one that I want to keep an eye out for uh Kyron Davis is somebody that I think is gonna make some noise with that type of performance stepping up uh, against an opponent, against a name opponent, uh, with, with a bigger resume than him. And he steps up to the challenge and performs that well to walk away with a draw. 
you know his, that, that he's he's doing something special uh, and that his team prepared a, a really good uh, fighter not just for that night let's hope let's hope it wasn't just for the night and that he's actually going to carry on with it so i'm looking forward to seeing more of kyron davis very impressed with his performance anthony durrell well uh, we'll see him again i guess you know uh, it's just getting kind of all the people that keep talking themselves into fights and then they do lackluster performances so meanwhile you got workhorses that are actually doing work benavides he's uh he's gonna be back um He's going to be back in the ring uh, fairly soon. Let me see if I could find when he's... Let me do some quick research here. And because I think it's coming up here. So Benavidez, 23-0. And yeah, he's actually fighting Ronald Ellis, who's a former uh, sparring partner of Canelo, training partner of Canelo's. Uh, Ronald Ellis with an 18-1 record. Uh, he's going to fight on March 13th. So this month, in a, in a few weeks' time, he's going to be facing... Uh, David Benavides, so we'll see Benavides back in action. Uh, of course, Ronald Ellis, we talked about Ronald Ellis uh, just in December because he was actually, um, he fought Korobov, Matvey Korobov, who's a strong fighter, uh, strong fighter out of, uh, out of Utgrim, Russia, I believe it, it, it is. And the reason I remember this is because of the undercard that, that they were a part of. So they were a part of that a unification or that, that title fight, the featherweight fight with uh, Jaime Arboleda and Chris Colbert. Uh, and that was a showtime show, if I remember. And I remember catching that somewhat late that night. Uh, he was part of that card. Ronald Ellis defeats uh, Korobov. And that's the night that Chris Colbert ends up beating Jaime Arboleda to win the super featherweight title. Um, so, again... Ronald Ellis trained with Canelo. His his boxing is is really good, and that fight with David Benavides is going to be an awesome fight. Let's hope. Let's hope that it's that. I mean, you're either going to see a Kyron Davis type performance from Ronald Ellis, or you're going to see a statement on behalf of David Benavides against a live dog and an up and coming prospect in Ronald Ellis. So we'll see. Uh, both of them should be able, if they put on good performances, both of them should come out uh, great out of this as far as their stock and their marketability uh, Ronald Ellis performed great against Matt Korobov and um, and I see him performing just the same he's he's just a few weeks removed uh a couple months removed actually from from um from his December showing so he's fresh he's active he's gonna go at Benavides and Benavides of course we'll see if this is the same scary Benavides that that mentally or the image that we mentally have of of him so a lot coming down the pipeline. Uh, the next big fight that we're looking for uh, is going to be later this week. We're going to see Clarissa Shields against Marie-Yves Decaire. So I'll, I'll do an episode dedicated to, to that fight. That's going to take place this coming Friday. And, uh, and then, of course, the big UFC fight, which UFC 259, three title fights coming up. And there's a multitude of names in which they're, that they're going to take part of this card. And they're listing this already as the card of 2021. And we're barely three months into the year, but it's stacked top to bottom. It is stacked. So we'll talk about that coming later in the week. Uh, other than that, Canelo, the man uh, who is cementing himself as one of the greats, uh, and continues to build on his legacy, performed beautifully once again, dispatches of Abney Yodrim, and moves on to BJ Saunders for the Cinco de Mayo weekend. I believe the fight date is actually May the 8th of this year, and 
the way that things are going around the country and around the world, I, I have no doubts that this is going to be a larger crowd that's going to be in attendance come Cinco de Mayo weekend. Uh, so we got a lot to look forward to, and we'll keep posting these episodes as the fights keep getting better and the fight cards keep getting better. So thank you guys for tuning in again to the Tomatolito Show. Check us out on Instagram, check us out on Twitter, and we'll keep bringing more episodes your way. Take care.